We've got Big Ten football this weekend, a first in-depth look at Nebraska and Northwestern, and also how will playing this game in Ireland impact what we see out there on the field? You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you're listening into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you, as always, for joining us to go over everything that's going on in the conference every weekday, Monday through Friday. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at Northwestern and Nebraska, the biggest game maybe of all week zero, but definitely here in the Big Ten. Illinois will play Wyoming this weekend as well, but this is the big college football kickoff, a matchup overseas in Ireland between these two Big Ten teams to start off this season. What can we expect from this game, and what exactly is this going to mean for what the Big Ten is this season, and which team, of course, are we going to be looking at more? It's not that hard to figure out. Nebraska is one of the most interesting stories here in the Big Ten. And then later, with that game being played in Ireland, I want to take a look at the latest games we've seen in Ireland, in college football, we do have some kind of a president here to look at. So we're going to take a look at all of that here on the show. But first, as always, thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. It's again Monday through Friday. Everything you need to know as we gear up for Big Ten football starting this week. Again, let's start off with the biggest news from the Big Ten before we get into that matchup coming up here on Saturday in Ireland. The biggest news over the weekend in the Big Ten did involve the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Not the greatest of news, though. A weird story coming out of Lincoln. Uh, Scott Frost was on a radio show late last week where he was praising his offensive line, at least when he backtracked a statement that we're going to talk about here. That's what he was at least claiming he was trying to do, praising the work that they put in. And in this radio show late Thursday, it was, he said, quote, that not not quote, but we'll get to another quote in a second. He said that his offensive linemen are vomiting 15 to 20 times per day out there in practice. Now, this obviously raised some eyebrows. Um, I don't know exactly what to think of it for sure. Again, he came back later and said that he, quote, and this is direct quote, might have exaggerated the puking a bit, end quote, and clarified by saying that he was just trying to praise the offensive line and exactly what he they had been doing to try and get ready for the football season. And in that kind of a sense, if I'm trying to understand what's going on in Scott Frost's head here, If I'm trying to be like, okay, these players aren't puking 15 to 20 times a day, why would he say they are? Not saying that they aren't, by the way. But if it's true what he's saying, why exaggerate and say something like that? And part of me is like, okay, it is coach talk, kind of. He is a football coach. He's trying to put praise on his players for like the thousandth time that he's been asked to this preseason. At the same time, it doesn't really seem like a situation where he was put into a point to 
be forced to say anything like that. It's really, really weird. I mean, as far as the actual puking goes, I feel like most football players would understand, like, at some point in a practice, if you're out there and it's hot, someone might get sick just because you're working hard in the heat. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it okay. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to prevent it. But I feel like that happens, maybe. And football players are kind of okay to it to an extent every once in a while. But if anything close to what he's saying is true, it's just really, really weird to be having that and boasting that. It's something where, like, if he's throwing that around 15 to 20 times a day, and then the walk back from that is might have exaggerated it a bit, I'm going to go out on a ledge here and say, maybe there's too much puking going on in Nebraska. I don't think that's a hot take. I I don't know what happens now. I don't know if people look into it. It doesn't seem like anything's happened yet. But it was a really, really weird thing to come out from over the weekend. And again, for a guy like Scott Frost, who certainly does not have the job security to be really risking anything, it's just really, really weird to try and start things out in that kind of a manner here before the season gets going. Again, I hope that's not a hot take, but maybe there's too much of that going on at Nebraska if he's just throwing that out there. There's a certain extent that I think most football players and people would agree is just part of working hard and being again outside in that heat. But I, I again, don't even want to defend it to that extent because I agree with the people who are just like, okay, well, maybe we should just get that out of the game entirely. Maybe we shouldn't be working him that hard all the time. To the point where they're doing that ever. But again, it's it's just a really, really weird thing. And until I, I, I mean, at the moment, it's still just an offhand comment, right? So I don't know what to think of it or like what is actually happening. But I guess I'm hoping that something happens, maybe. Because right now it doesn't seem like, it seems like right now it's just staying as an offhand comment. And I don't know what to do, what to do with it. Uh, in other news, to try and turn things away from that and get to brighter things, Big Ten Hockey. The schedule has been announced for the conference season. Uh, 24 games for each of the team's seven conference programs. Uh, if you're doing the math, that means you get one weekend at home and one weekend away against everyone. Times and TV schedules not officially announced yet, so you won't know actually when you'll be able to see your team if you're not going to the games or what time they'll be playing, but... You will know, of course, who they're playing in on what day. So if you want to look that up, it's available on the Big Ten website. And finally, we had 12 Big Ten alumni going into the WNBA playoffs. After the weekend, only eight of them are still surviving. We lost to Phoenix Mercury and the Washington Mystics. From the Mercury, Megan Gustafson, an Iowa vet, and Yvonne Turner, a Nebraska alum, and then from Washington, Tiana Hawkins and Shatori Walker-Kimbrough, both from Maryland. There, again, seasons come to an end, but still eight former Big Ten players in the WNBA playoffs as they continue here today. That's a look around the news from around the Big Ten. We're going to get into Nebraska and Northwestern. The first Big Ten game of the season, one of the first college football games of the entire season, and the biggest one of the first weekend in Week 0, 
we're going to break down what I'll be looking for and what the implications are as we get ready to watch a fun one here on Saturday in Ireland. That's coming up right here on Locked On Big Ten. But first, as you know, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get anything that you may need to make sure that you're getting all the sports betting information that you could ever possibly want. If you're trying to get the latest movements on lines or find out about the latest odds on futures or anything like that that you want to know more about, you can get it at Bet Online. If you're not as experienced of a sport better, want to learn a little bit more about just trends and things like that and how to get more involved, Bet Online has the resources. For you too. It's a one-stop shop for anything that you could possibly need when it comes to sports betting. And you can get it again at betonline.net where the game starts. All right, let's get back into things on Locked On Big Ten and break down a little bit more a first look at this Nebraska Northwestern game. Later on in the week, I'll get into the actual X's and O's of things. Uh, at least as far as right now, I want to talk about what this game means for each side. Uh, Northwestern side is obviously much simpler. This is a team that's just trying to get back and successful again, and facing off a team with a whole lot of expectation behind it in Nebraska, and a team that's right now a 13-point favorite, according to Bet Online, in the Nebraska Cornhuskers. N- Northwestern has a kind of nothing-to-lose mentality going into this game in Dublin. There's no way the Wildcats are expected to win here. If you get blown out even, you can say you looked bad because, again, you were playing overseas. So again, really, Northwestern has nothing to lose here in this first week, and a win against Nebraska puts them on a track to be in that kind of a bounce-back season that everyone, of course, over there in Evanston is really, really hoping that that team can get to. Northwestern's side of this story is easy. On the Nebraska side, however, you of course have one of the most interesting stories in all of the Big Ten leading up to the season in all of the country. Scott Frost has gone under 500 in each of his first four seasons with this team, has not gotten to a bowl game. And yet he comes into this fifth season, not only with his job still, but with a roster that has, I, I guess you could say, received mention in the AP Top 25 preseason poll, they got one vote, but is becoming an underdog pick to be someone who could be really, really successful this season. And there's reason to support it, too. Nebraska, despite being 3-9 and nine last season, outscored their opponents, and quite impressively, too, 27 points per game to just 22 points against, doing pretty well on offense and defense. Uh, of course, it was an inconsistent team at the very, very best and kindest. But that team brings back a lot of experience, brings back its head coach, and brings along with it a quarterback who I think can start to define himself as this Nebraska quarterback at whatever it's going to be, that definition, with this first game. Casey Thompson has the starting job here. He's going to come in as a transfer from Texas, who has been in flux with quarterbacks coming in as of late. So he moves out, comes to Nebraska, and brings with him a reputation that is oddly similar to what Nebraska had last season in 2021 as well. We've talked plenty about how the Cornhuskers had all of those one-loss games throughout the course of last season. Also, Casey Thompson, 
while playing for Texas, lost five of his last seven games by one possession. Casey Thompson was up multiple scores on Oklahoma early in the season before the Sooners eventually came back and beat him in the last minute. This is a guy who, when you look at him, also fits in well with what Nebraska fans are used to seeing in the last few years. He does a lot of the things that Adrian Martinez did well, well also. I would say he does them with more consistency. Martinez, 14-10 and 10 touchdowns to interceptions last season. Casey Thompson, 24-9. Had three different games last year where he threw for at least five touchdowns, Thompson did. One of them against that Oklahoma team. When you look at what he brings to Nebraska and you're somebody who wants to buy in, part of that is because you believe that Casey Thompson is going to be an upgrade because on paper he is. And you believe that his puzzle piece, alongside all the other puzzle pieces that Nebraska believes it can put together and has throughout this offseason, the Cornhuskers have aspirations that are higher than high here. I mean, for a 3-9 team last season, you're coming in and being a squad that is trying to not only get above 500, but have discussions about competing for the Big Ten West. If you want to do that, you have to look competent here against Northwestern. I'll be completely honest. I don't expect Northwestern to be any sort of a good football team this year. Especially not week one in Dublin in the first game of the season. So if Nebraska is going to be any sort of good this year, I'm not saying the Cornhuskers even have to come out and look outstanding here on Saturday. Because again, it wouldn't be fair to them to say, okay, well, Northwestern's able to go to Ireland and it's not some sort of downfall if they don't look good. Again, Nebraska's playing there too. They will also in all likelihood not be at 100% of what they want to be in prime time season condition. But if you lose this game to this Northwestern team, I think it says a little bit more than just, okay, we're struggling to start the season. We're playing a game in Ireland here to start off the year, and we don't have it all figured out yet. Not everyone in college football does. Partly because, one, it's Northwestern, and you should beat them, even if you're at not your best day. But also partly because... Part of what North or what Nebraska is leaning on going into this big season is the idea that they've got the guys who have been there before. They've got the experience that so much of the rest of the Big Ten is lacking now from last season after everyone lost so much. They've got a better quarterback, and when you bring back all the other pieces on top of the transfers that are coming in, you have an idea of, okay, this team should be able to be good based off of what we know about what makes college football teams good over time. But the biggest question about Nebraska was not about the talent last season, I don't think, even. Maybe near the end of the season after they kept losing, it was. But throughout their course of losing these one-possession games, it was about, okay, when can Nebraska finally get over the hump and get it done? And that, to me, is something that goes a little bit beyond the talent. So when you're asking me, okay, what do I think about Nebraska this season? I'm thinking they could be a 9-win team. They could be a 3-win team again. But if you're looking for me to have some sort of definitive answer, I don't yet. 
because I haven't seen them yet. And I don't expect to have you an answer for you after week one. But I know for sure that they do not prove themselves as winners to me in week one. But they could very easily be written off after week one as well. Because despite all the positivity there is going into this season for this team, if they were to lose that game, they would lose everybody. Nebraska fans, they would lose Anybody in the Big Ten who believed that they would be good this season, they would lose. Myself, they would lose. And when you're looking at that schedule, they don't really have a chance to get that trust back in a big way until a Michigan game in Week 11. Unless you beat Oklahoma. But if you're looking at the start of this season, if Nebraska is not able to beat Northwestern, at least for how they stand in the Big Ten, you won't be able to prove to me that they're good good in lest they were to be compete against a Michigan team that late into the season. So when you talk about setting a tone for a team, maybe it's not even as much about what the team is going to do, but about how we're going to talk about that team going forward. That's the tone that'll be set if Nebraska doesn't do well. And it's not fair for the Cornhuskers, because if they do play well, I won't be sitting here next week saying, oh, Nebraska is a top 25 team. No. It'll just be that the Cornhuskers beat Northwestern. That's not all that impressive. But if they struggle, it's a situation where you can't win the game in the first quarter, but you can certainly lose it. And Nebraska can certainly lose my trust if they end up losing this game to Northwestern. You don't have to look great. Again, you're playing in Ireland. It's week zero before most of the conference is even getting onto the field. So in all respects, you do not have to be perfect and in midseason form. But you have to at least be competent enough to beat this Northwestern team because they're not that good. And you're coming into the season saying that you are good because you're a team that isn't going to mess up stuff like this anymore. That's my thought on, on it, at least going forward. As far as what I think will happen, I think Nebraska, again, should take care of business. I think it's much better for the Big Ten if Nebraska takes care of business because you want this storyline going into, say, that game against Oklahoma or a few weeks later when they'll play Purdue. If they're winning, that'll be a big game. And then a Minnesota team, I think they're on the, have on the schedule too as well before they get to Michigan. You want those games to matter in a way that they, quite frankly, have not mattered over the past few seasons. It may be cliche, but... I guess does ring true. Big Ten football is better, in this case, when Nebraska is better. And Nebraska does seem to be a little bit better. And I don't want to have that ruined, at least that belief in my head, however big or small it may be, in the first week of the season. So that's what's at stake, really. For Nebraska, kind of a lot, a whole lot, lot, if you mess it up. But for Northwestern, I mean, you're going into a season that, in my opinion, is really nowhere to go but up. So a nothing-to-lose mentality here going into this first week may serve the Wildcats well. We'll see, again, when it happens on Saturday afternoon. As we mentioned, that game is in Ireland. What does that mean going into it as to what we'll expect on the field? Are these teams going to experience a little bit of drag because of the travel? 
And also on top of it, it is, of course, the first week of the season. So I wanted to look back at the rest of the D1 football games that we've had played in Ireland since the year 2000. It's not a big sample size, but we'll have it for you here and my thoughts on what it could mean on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get to that, though, thanks as always for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Alright, so as I mentioned, of course this game is in Ireland to start off the college football season. The big kickoff to the campaign for NCAA football. A little bit weird to have Nebraska or Northwestern playing in it, but this is how it turns out. They're the ones that are flying overseas to play in this game. So what can we expect as far as how that travel, whatever jet lag there may be, is actually going to affect what we see on the field? I thought it'd be interesting just to wrap up the show and take a look at the last few games that we've played in Dublin specifically, in Ireland, in the D1 college football. There have been Four college football games played since the turn of the century in Ireland. Three of them D1. A fourth one was a D3 game in 2012 that went alongside the first game we're going to talk about here. 2012 matchup between Notre Dame and Navy. Uh, The other two games we'll get to, the more recent matchups, were close games. This was an outmatched Notre Dame team or a outmatched Navy team against the Notre Dame team that was going to end up going to the national championship game. So a 50 to 10 final score here kind of it makes things a little lopsided and I'll get to more on that as well. Other scores in 2015 Penn State beat UCF 26 to 24 and in 2016 Georgia Tech beat Boston College 17 to 14. Now some notes on here because I, I went searching and obviously the obvious link to look for is a kind of lag in offense. In scoring, because that's what you think, I I guess, would be kind of falling behind the speed of that offense if you're trying to look for something that's affected by the travel. And it's there if you want to look for it. For instance, in this most recent game, that Georgia Tech team scored 17 points in a win. That team averaged 28 points per game the whole season. Also scored less than 20 points only one other time. That entire season. Same thing with Boston College. It scored 14 points in Ireland, averaged 20 points in that 2016 campaign. A total of 31 points in that most recent game, by the way. Uh, UCF, same deal. It scored 24 points, averaged 28 points for the season in 2014. Uh, Navy scored only 10 points. It scored 25 points on average on the season. Uh, I don't know if you can really count all that much. And Notre Dame, another outlier, It of course, scored 50 points. Averaged only 25 points on the season. I think my first couple of takeaways is one. Yes, you can expect a little bit of a lower output in scoring overall. If you take out that Notre Dame-Navy game, the two teams scored on average four points less than their season averages in the two most recent Ireland games. But I think a more important thing to point out here is that the really only time anyone has done really, really well on offense 
is when you have an offense that has been really, really good, a team that has been really, really solid, that Notre Dame team. Playing against Navy, and all three of these games, by the way, as well as the one we have coming up, were to start the season. These were first games of the year in Ireland. So when you look at that, I'm thinking about a Notre Dame team that went to a championship game. It was able to roll and overcome kind of that adversity and whatever the travel had to do with things. Again, it was playing a Navy team that didn't stack up, but also it got the job done. When you're looking at everybody else, nobody had really an outstanding offensive game, but nobody also had any sort of outstanding offense going into and during this season. You're looking at two teams that averaged 20 points per game all year long. Nobody who averaged more than 28 points per game, which if you were wondering, 28 points per game would have put you at around 60th in all of college football last season for scoring. So when you take things into account that way, I'm looking at this and saying, I don't think there's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. Not maybe because of the travel, because again, only a four point difference on average with these teams based on what they scored the rest of the season. But also because I don't think Nebraska or Northwestern is something that's especially elite. If they were, of course, I would have an easy time betting either of them. And again, Nebraska is a minus 13 point favorite according to Bet Online, but also the over under is at 50 and a half. The last game played in Ireland, 31. That 2014 game between Penn State and UCF, exactly 50. Neither of those offenses were all that special. And I don't expect either of these offenses to be any sort of elite this season either. So. I guess you're, if you're asking me, I'm thinking, okay, I have two teams who aren't great on offense. I don't think are any sort of specially great in comparison to the rest of the country. I do think Nebraska is significantly better. But if you're asking me, do I think they're going to be able to run up the score in this one? Not really. I don't think either of these teams are good enough to hit that number. And if I were a betting man, I guess that's what I'm saying here. I'm going under on the 50 and a half at betonline.net. That's at least my thoughts on how Ireland may affect this game. I think it'll be lower scoring, partly because of the travel and all that, but also partly because I don't think you have two teams here who are especially going to be able to overcome that adversity with their power on offense. We'll be back here on Locked On Big Ten tomorrow. Again, there is a lot of stuff to lead up to the season that we need to get to here still as we get going. Football is coming this weekend. And of course, we'll have all sorts of stuff to recap for you next week here on Locked On Big Ten after those first games. Finally, though, Big Ten sports did happen over the weekend. We had winners in women's soccer, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois, Rutgers, Ohio State, and Iowa. All win on the soccer field in non-conference games. I'm not going to run through all the stuff that happens every single day, but if it's the first weekend of Big Ten sports, I will report all of the winners that the Big Ten had in that. Again, more matchups will start up, I believe it's Thursday, in both men's and women's soccer, and we'll keep up to date on who's leading the pack there in the Big Ten, too. 
Other sports are getting started. Football is just around the corner. You're going to want to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to Locked On Big Ten. It's 1-0, not T-E-N, wherever you listen, watch on YouTube, and of course on Twitter too. It's all the same name. And I'm Nate Dickinson as well. Nate with sports on Twitter if you're trying to find me. Once again, this week is going to be filled with a whole lot of Northwestern and Nebraska talk. We, of course, have to get to the start of the Illinois season again with Wyoming, too, and anything else that happens in the conference, as it seems like this stuff is never done with, with this Big Ten offseason. We'll have it for you right here on the show. So again, be sure to follow along on all that stuff and follow all of the other individual team podcasts here in the Big Ten, too. Until tomorrow, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.